Welcome to the Vinny Rock Podcast. Podcast. I took the blows and did it my way. It's time. The Vinny Rock Podcast. You, it's the Vinny Rock Podcast. Hey, today's a really good podcast, man, and I think you guys are going to like it. So I'm helping produce a documentary called The Gift. Uh, it's not easy to raise money for a movie, uh, and so we are going to be doing an Indiegogo. We've already started Indiegogo, so by the time you've listened to this, but you guys can check out kind of deep behind it first, and then hopefully you guys go check out and support it. But before we get to the podcast, don't forget my sponsors, Core Medical Group. If you guys, I, I'm, I'm not even going to lie, how many of you motherfuckers have actually hit me up and said, hey, I've actually got my blood tested and I needed testosterone? Yeah, I know, motherfuckers. That's why I tell you this. This isn't full of shit. This is the real deal. Go check out Core Medical Group. If you guys have questions, hit me up personally. I have sent over 25, 30 different people to my dudes at Core Medical Group to get their blood tested and every fucking time they needed testosterone. Trust me, it'll change your life, it'll change your love life, it'll change your mental, your physical, and your emotional. Hit them up, Core Medical Group, right now. Let them know that Rocco sent you. Beyond Clothing, you guys already know, I talk about them all the time. Beyond Clothing is an outdoor expeditionary clothing. It is cold outside, it's the winter time, it's your time to go wear some fucking Beyond Clothing. Go check them out, you know the promo code is Rocco, beyondclothing.com. If you guys don't know what their gear is, go check them out on Instagram, you can see the pictures, beyond.clothing. Go check them out, I promise you, if you're into some outdoor shit, these are the guys you need to get. Yeah. Willie Peach Chocolates, we got some... Uh, some some hot sauce we made and it's fucking outstanding. I've gotten some great reviews. Check them out. His chocolates are fucking awesome. He is a veteran who makes chocolates out of his house with Scoville units. Some have no hot. Some have extremely fucking hot. Go check them out. Willie Peach Chocolates. I'm not going to say it again. WillyPeachChocolates.com. You're going to love them. GMR Gold. I'm actually working on something super top secret, but I'm going to fucking tell you. <laughs> I want to get a coin. Hit up GMR Gold. Go check out some silver, some precious metals. I love it. It's something that I like to do is just collect. It's it's Whether it's an investment, whether it's not, it doesn't fucking matter. I get the bullion box. I get the $200 one a month. And me and my kids, we open it up every time and enjoy what we find. It's fun. It's something for the family, putting some silver and gold away in the safe. It's just something different. I love to do it. You guys should check it out. GMR Gold. If you guys want a 10% discount, hit up that Rocco. Every time, all my sponsors just use Rocco. They know where it comes from. Hell fucking yes. Ranger Up. I'm not sure if they're a sponsor anymore, but I fucking love them, so I'm going to say it anyways. Ranger Up. Go check them out. Use the promo code Rocco. Um, they're good dudes. I love their business. I love what they do. I'm working on trying to get my back healthy for some more jujitsu. Every time I get into jujitsu, I fuck it up again because my core is weak and I'm a fucking soft ass bitch. Peanut butter. Sorry. It's uh, something I'm struggling with. My back. It pisses me off. Either way, aircraft maintainer. You guys know what aircraft maintainer is? I do. Aircraftmaintainer.com. Go check them out. If you are in a military capacity whether you're reserve or active, mainly active, you can get your certifications done for free. 
Aircraft Maintainer will help you get certified. Uh, it is already currently certified over 3,800 3, active military troops, all for free. You want to get your general operator's license, general radio operator's license. Sorry, I, I'm still trying to figure this one out. Uh, the FCC GROL, you can get it. Aircraft Maintainer will help you. It's a basic three-day weekend course, uh, and they could also help you get your AMP, your airframe and power plant. These are certifications you can get for free if you're active duty in the in the Marines, in the Air Force, in the Army, in the fucking Navy. If you have a a aircraft maintaining MOS or job classification, hit these guys up if you have questions. Aircraftmaintainer.com. Also, don't forget some of my other sponsors. Companies, Throwbacks Barber Company, if you're in the Salt Lake area, go check them out. I got three outstanding barbers who give fucking great haircuts and specialize in beards. You guys know it's a hot towel and a straight razor shave as well. Fucking amazing. Don't forget Lead Slinger's Whiskey because I fucking love them. And Warfighter Tobacco, hit them up. Let them know Rocco sent you some incredible cigars for your holiday seasons. Check them out. Love you guys. Here we go. Podcast time. Hey, what's going on, y'all? It's the Vinny Rock Podcast. Um, I'm here with my boys, dude. Uh, we got Dave Neese here and... See? <laughs> See? You fucked me up. Donald Daly Darren. Darren. Darren LeBear. This is what happens when you fuck around with a, a guy that has brains for shit. Yeah. So, either way, man. So, I'm excited to have these guys here. Uh, we are in the efforts right now of doing a Indiegogo campaign for the movie The Gift. It's a documentary about the uh, the gentleman from Kilo 4... Well, Kilo 4-2 Kilo, is... Kilo 4-2 was his call sign. Is his call sign. Yeah. yeah. His name and is Jason Dunham. Jason He's Dunham is a, a corporal squad leader with Kilo Company 3rd Battalion, 7th Marines. And he is the first Marine to receive a Medal of Honor recipient since Vietnam. The first Marine, yep. Yeah. You want to speak closer to the mic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, there, there you go. go. Yeah. Dude, so... First of all, thanks for coming out. Hey, thanks for having us. It's been great so far having you guys around, being able to check out the kids wrestling and everything yep. else. So it's been exciting. But um, man, let's get to it, dude. Uh, shit, I think any of you guys who are listening to this, you've probably seen us upload the Indiegogo campaign, whether it's on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And if you've seen the sizzle or the, what would you call that? Trailer. Trailer. For people who don't work in our industry. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's heavy. Very heavy. And, and it's, and I think, you know, what I like it the most, man, to be honest, it's, it's heavy, but it's honest. And to, to see these guys, uh, willingness to open up on film, obviously, I mean, I credit you as the producer of it and, right. and being able to, 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 I guess their comfort enough to get that out of them right. and to, to see, uh, how important this story needs to be told. I mean, just recently you guys were in the Jocko podcast. I missed it. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I wish I could have been there, but uh, even Jocko himself and, and his man Echo uh, felt the emotions in the room oh, yeah, and, and the yeah. conversation that you guys had, man. So um, let's talk, dude. Yeah. So, I mean, this really started 15 years ago when uh, I, by chance, met Corporal Dunham and became friends. How did, how did you meet him? We were on a, on a flight, a red eye east. And this is before the war in Iraq. And he had a high and tight. I'm former Navy. So we started shooting the shit. And we just talked all night. And he was just one of those guys. Yeah. You know, that's those, what, those, to me, is the craziest part of how the story starts is from... An airplane ride. Right. You know, and you meet someone like that. He was that kind of person that just had that infectious personality, right? So yep. a few years later, I, I find out what happened to him um, by chance, really. Somebody at work told me about this website, indie, or uh, iCasualties.org. So I went home that night and started reading down the list of all the KIAs. And I came across this one name. And it was a Marine from 29 Palms, like the kid I met. So I just Googled his name and looked at the images. And, and there he was. So Damn. I wrote a story about it 
and shared it with some Quezon Marines that I did a dock on. Real quick, let me let me back you up real yeah. quick. From the time that you went on your, your flight with him and you actually met him to the point of you saw his name, how many years ago was that? How many years was that difference? Between when I met him and when he, he was killed? Yes. See, I, I can't remember if it was the year before or two years before because it's been so long. So it's been one or two years difference? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, cool. but uh, yeah, so I wrote this story, shared it with some Quezon Marines who, you know, put it up on their message board for their reunion stuff. And uh, it ended up in his hometown paper. And I still don't know how that happened, but I got a call from his mom. Yeah. And I didn't know the number. So it went to voicemail, got the voicemail. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, what do I, I mean? What do I say to her? Yeah. Yeah. So last thing you expect is some kind of like a podcast, that, I mean, excuse me, an email, right. uh, a letter. And then turn around, end up in his hometown, right. his mom reading it, somehow getting being able to get a hold of you. Yeah. And then, I mean, what do you do, right? You yeah. Know, you don't know what to say. I was a lot younger then. And so I didn't call her back and she called again and I let it go to voicemail again. And it, it took me a half hour until I finally said to myself, you owe this woman a call. So I called her and it turned into a two hour conversation with her and her husband. And a month later, I was on a plane to upstate New York and I spent a long weekend with them. And that's the French, that's when the friendship started. You know, yeah. I've been with them ever since. And, and I began to meet all of his Marines as they came back and I established these friendships with them. And we tried to do a doc back then, but it was too soon for them. It was too soon for me. I just, you know, yeah. I wasn't really able to do it at that time. But 15 years later, here we are. And it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know what? I started this thing, but I never finished it. And every year during the anniversary of his death, I would be, I would remind myself, you need yeah. to finish that someday. So yeah. a friend of, friend of mine, our, one of the co-producers, Rick Maluski, we sat down and uh, decided, hey, you know, it's time to do this. So yeah. I called the Dunhams and we, we haven't stopped, you know, moving forward since. So, yeah. And Darren, how do, what is your involvement in, the, in this whole thing? I mean, we talked about it, but uh, for those who are listening. Right on. So uh, I met David through members in the community that are also other content creators, musicians. It was uh, Preston. And um, we just started talking again, David, if you don't know him, he just has this sort of ability, very relatable. Yeah. And I think within the veteran community as well, we enjoy being around other veterans. Yeah. Uh, but something's a little bit different with David. Like it goes a little deeper, like yeah. he can pull this emotion out of you. So we just got to talking and I was like, I support your mission. I like the project. This is fantastic. And it, what I do as a photographer and filmmaker and content creator is tell stories. Yeah. And this story needs to be told. Right. And the first time that we spoke on the phone, it was probably like a two and a half hour phone call, which is strange. Yeah. You know? like crazy. It just doesn't happen. Right. And it flows by like it's just it was very natural and very organic. And I just wanted to help out in any way that I could. So I'm coming on the project uh, to partially... It's a few different roles, but behind the scenes, photography and video work, but as well as telling stories, taking portraits of these people uh, to help, again, further the mission that can be used. I mean, this is a project that's been more than 15 years in the making, yeah. so I feel just very honored to be a part of it and to uh, get to meet the uh, the other veterans that uh, that the story's about Yeah, and uh, to, again, just try to bring some light to this amazing story. For sure. And, you know, y'all that are listening... Like, I too have been brought onto the project to help produce it as well. And it's like That's right. how that happened was crazy because it's being in LA, being in the Hollywood scene, you know, I think it's important to try and tell the stories as well. Like that's a big thing is yeah. why I enjoy Hollywood. I enjoy the idea of like being in a position where I can tell the stories the way I believe they need to be told 
right? And so having a little bit more control of that storyline. We've we've been in Hollywood and seeing some stories been told and thing, and I think it could be done better than that. I think the veteran story can be done better Absolutely. than that. And so um, when we got connected, we got connected through Jamie Keller. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say that. Yeah, yeah. And, and which is Jamie Keller's. Obviously, you guys know from from Dads and Parks is where I originally met him when I did a short document, uh, not a short documentary. I did a short film. Um, and was in the GI Film Festival, and he was actually the main announcer yeah. that he was hosting yeah, it. He hosts it. And so that's where we started talking, and we became friends. I flew in and did Dads and Parks, and that's where that uh, relationship came in. Uh, he's a he's a Navy a former former Naval Navy. officer. Yeah. Yep. And so um, he's been a mentor of mine in acting and in, in entertainment, and being able to use him as a resource, and really just trying to keep me on, you know, keep keep it on the tracks and right, figure out the right. right right answer. But then connected me and you. Right. When you called me and you sent it to me, you know, I get sent. <sighs> man, I get sent shit every day. Right. You know, I get sent shit from all kinds of people that have an idea or have this thing and, and have this new project. Would you jump on board? And everybody, I'm like, uh, you know what? Let me see when it gets a little further, what it looks like. But when you showed me it, I, I watched it. I took the time to watch it because it already looks like it was well done. Yeah. Right. There's some people, um, they probably don't know that they're the quality of their work is not so quality. Right. And it's hard for me to just tell them that. I'm like, you know, not, not right now. Like right, right. now is not a good time. But then I saw yours and I'm like, Dude, this is put together real fucking well. And it evoked emotion. And this is a story that I want to jump on board with. You know, and then yeah. we, we met for lunch. Right. And we had we had all the boys there, several of the boys there uh, uh -huh. that were part of the part of it that are helping out, whether the editors and music, whatever the mm -hmm. case. And uh that's where I knew I was all in, man, because just hanging out with you guys and seeing the personality who's behind it, uh, it made me feel really comfortable, like, you know, this is coming from a good place, like an honest place. You know, and so that's why I was really excited to jump on board with this. And now here we are today. Yeah. And we've come a long way. I mean, that, that was my whole plan from the beginning. It's like, you know what? I mean, I've watched the, the, the leaders in the veteran community like you or Jocko or, you know, Scott Hoosing and people like that. And I've watched how you guys operated and how, you, how well you, you know, managed your own lives and what your businesses or whatever you were doing. Yeah. And I watched how the veteran community kind of built that up. So I'm like, you know what, this, this is something that the veteran community needs to know about. So that was my plan. You know, I talked to Jamie Kale and I said, you know, I really want to talk to Vince because I want to get people in the community behind this. I don't care about Hollywood. I don't care. I mean, I do, but I don't. Right. right. Cause it's not, that's not the important thing. Right. But when you start to bring all these veterans in, especially the leaders in the veteran community, and they take notice of it. And you know what? If they don't like it, that's fine. Then you, you just move on. Right. But, you know, it struck a chord with you. Yes. And I sent it to Jocko. You know, it's like every door I open. I mean, I got in touch with Jocko because of you. Right. So it's like I got in touch with you because of Jamie. Right. So it's like every door I open, something else happens. And, you know, that meant a lot that Jocko actually decided to get back to me and say, hey, man, I want to have these guys on. It's one of the biggest military podcasts in the world. Right. So... Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of a testament that the community still does want to help each other. And, and you got to bring something to the table that's worth helping. You know yeah. what I mean? Some guys kind of expect the handout, but like right. you've done the hard work. I think yeah. you've, you, you've kind of displayed that, you know, you mean you're, you're taking this serious and, right. and just the product that you've already made. Like everyone's like, yeah, this is something that needs to be told. And the way you conveyed the message, I mean, this is like how many people have that story, you know, right. like Jason Dunham, what he did. Right crazy right and, and, and i don't think people really under and i was telling him this recently i don't think people understand the, the gravity of that like you hear you hear oh this guy jumped on a grenade yeah but when you sit down in a room with the guys who were standing next to him yeah and you actually hear minute by minute second by second really yeah. what for, happened for the That's, listener, do you want to break down exactly kind of the story of, yes of so you know and i might not get it all right because i wasn't there and and 
I'm, you know, this is all, all the things I've read from after action reports and actually from, you know, Kelly Miller and Bill Hampton. But basically what happened was, you know, they went out on a patrol that day and they were providing security for the battalion commander's convoy that was going to an Iraqi police station to check on things and hand off some money to pay for, for some police officers or whatever. So Lieutenant Colonel Lopez left the site and they started heading back to the firm base. On their way back, they were ambushed. Small arms, RPG, yeah. and Dunham's patrol was... They mounted up and said, let's go. On their way there, they were attacked. RPG yeah. came across the front, the lead vehicle. They stop, they dismount. They break the squad up. Dunham takes his guys and goes up this street. The other guy takes his guys and they go up parallel. And they're supposed to meet at the end. Yeah. But Staff Sergeant Ferguson told Dunham, I want you to check those vehicles. All these vehicles were lining up. Yeah. So Dunham, Dunham saw, he was listening to Ferguson. And this is from Ferguson telling me. I could tell he was listening, but he saw something. And when I was done telling him, he went for that one vehicle. And when he got there, the insurgent jumped out, grabbed him by the neck. Dunham took him to the ground. The two other Marines came around, yeah. got on top of the guy. And the last thing Dunham said was, no, no, watch his hand. And by now, his Kevlar helmet was off on top of the grenade, and he just laid down on it, and it went off. Crazy, man. Yeah. So to, to jump in on that... I the interesting part of this project is that it's a veteran story. Yeah. What would military story told by veterans? Yeah. yeah how many times have we, how many times everyone that's involved in the production is a veteran yep. or in the military community? And how many times have you seen a story told by say Hollywood and there's a disconnect. Right. And well, their portrayal of it, right? Like, yes. As much as they want to tell the story, it seems like it's not the full and untold, like honest you know, I guess representation of it. And this is now, I mean, and the big players themselves. And when you hear the story from these gentlemen, it is, it is very heavy. Yeah. It's very impactful. And the interesting thing about the whole Kevlar is that Jason was the type of, yeah. of, of leader who had practiced this. They had sat around discussing what you would do if a grenade came your way. And I forget, I forget if it was his lieutenant who was basically like, yeah, no, yeah, he's like, no, no, you know, the Kevlar, no, it's not going to work. But then Jason's thought was that the Kevlar plus the body armor. And so they said, all right, let's, let's see. So they, they timed him and he had been practicing this maneuver. No so shit. He, he, yeah. That was the type, that was the type <sighs> of Marine that he was. He had been practicing this maneuver. So that was the thing when this happened. They knew they knew what he did because he, he basically, what he did was, you know, he was having this conversation with Lieutenant Bull Robinson and, you know, what would you do, sir, if, if a grenade rolled out? I, I think if you put your Kevlar on, you could, no, nah, no, nah, I would fuck you up. Yeah. So he's like, plus you wouldn't have time. I mean, what's a grenade? Three to five second fuse. He's like, you wouldn't have time. He's like, I bet you I can do it. He's like, all right, go get your shit. So he went and got his gear, came back with his Kevlar. He loosened the strap, chin strap. He said, okay, sir, time me. And as soon as the lieutenant said go, he pushed his head down quick. The strap came out. He caught his helmet in midair and slammed it on the deck. And he said, fuck, I guess you could do it. It's like a second. Less than two seconds. <laughs> it's probably not even that, bro. It's right. probably, honestly, that's, that's probably so, moments of a second. Yeah, so Hampton, at the, at, in the interview I had with him, even said, he said, you know, we're, I was sitting, standing there trying to get a headshot, but I didn't want to because I didn't want to ricochet or hit these guys. And I kept thinking, why does Dunham have his Kevlar on the ground? 
And Kelly's on top of the insurgent, pressing his asp, which is a police baton against his throat, to choke yeah. him out because the yeah. guy kept fighting. Yeah. And they were both looking at, and he was holding on to Dunham's back as he was doing that with a knee in the guy's ribs. And then they realized that he was, his Kevlar was on the ground. And then he just laid down on it. And then, boom, those two just went flying across the street and landed on, you know, on the side of the street. Yeah. You sent, you, you posted a picture the other day on Twitter with his Kevlar. Right. Holy smokes, dude. You know, that things, that's things had a lot of views and a lot of feedback. And I think that makes it a lot more because look, you, you tell a story. It's like, yeah, this guy jumped on a grenade. But if you can sit there and say, look, look what it did to his helmet. That makes it real. Well, bro, I imagine because I sit there thinking like the damage that it caused that like, damn, like I see his thought process. Like maybe you could survive that. Right. But I'm imagining the overpressure of the blast itself is just too 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 harmful to the body. Oh, yeah. you know, it's just yeah. just too much of a shock. Um, and, and the other gentlemen that were next to him, they they got hit with some of the shrap, correct? Oh yeah, they were they were wounded pretty badly. You know, um, Kelly Kelly had a they hit an artery in his arm and he was bleeding out pretty bad. So he was probably he was more serious than Bill. But uh, yeah, they were they were pretty messed up. You know. So tell me this before before we get even deeper into that. What got you from the military into film? Because you know me taking my path, I get a lot of questions about that. You know, and, and both you know, of you guys are in the space of that. I, I don't know what it was. It was something about. I, I mean, I've always loved movies growing up. Right as a kid, I mean, I loved old movies. I loved I loved documentaries. I had joined the Navy because I was fucking up in school. Yeah. Right. I I was under a two and I was like, I need to fucking kick in the ass. So I just went and fucking joined. But it was my last semester before I left for boot camp that I took a production TV class and realized this is what I want to fucking do. Yeah. So when I got out, I went back to school to finish that last year, kicked ass and got good grades, hooked up with a guy at ESPN who recruited guys from my school at Southern Connecticut State. And I started editing and I was like, this is this is cool. You know, this is my first work in TV. I'm like, yeah. I'm editing stuff for Sports Center. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then I just kind of wanted to be a writer. And I've always been attracted to uh, a lot of Vietnam history. I had a teacher in high school that I, I did a doc on and I wanted to write. I wanted to write his story about Quezon because yeah. he had told me all about it. So I, I started writing and then I said, there was a movie in Connecticut I got on and I started working on that for free. Then they hired me. I quit ESPN and the guy's like, hey, you can drive to LA with me in a truck full of the movie props I got to bring back. And I'm like, all right, let's go. I was 26, 27. Yeah. yeah. And I drove out here with 500 bucks in my pocket, nothing else. Got a job as an editor and I kept writing and kept doing little short films and stuff like that. It's just, you know, it's just a passion. So. That's crazy. And, and you got into it in front, you were in the army. You were a, was it 19 kilo? Is that what it is? <laughs> 19 delta. Oh yeah. Kilo's a tanker. Huh? God, I'm a dick, man. That's all right. right. That's he right. looked at me like, bitch. <laughs> 19 delta. Yeah, 19 delta. So I was stationed in Germany, deployed to Kosovo. And I think like a lot of soldiers do, you know, where if you start out with a point and shoot, the little plastic cameras, yeah. you're always trying to document and tell stories of, you know, your brothers. Yeah. And uh, I come from a background where I was always involved in drawing and painting, very artistic. Uh, and as we got to, to Kosovo, the video cameras came out. You could buy them at the PX. Yeah. And then, you know, you're, 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 you're shooting everything. Yeah. And then you start to, you know, realize that storytelling, like you're doing this because you want to capture these stories. Right. And while I tried to do other things, I just, I realized that being an artist, being a storyteller, it's where I want it to be. 
And uh, I decided to go to graduate school. I was living and working in South Korea and uh, I was practicing photography, practicing video editing just on my own. And I looked at graduate schools and I said, all right, I, I need to go. This is what I want to do. Yeah. So I made the decision, moved to San Francisco with my, uh, my wife, my then girlfriend in 2008 uh, to attend uh, uh, an art school there, got my master's degree, and I've been working on professional productions for advertising, commercial photography. And, and can you mention some of the bigger players you've worked for? Sure, sure. So I, I, uh, I work f- with apparel companies that you're probably all very, very familiar with. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, Nike, Adidas, but I also do a lot of work with uh, small businesses as well. Yeah. So in and around the Bay Area, there's lots of great food and wine companies, uh, apparel. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I, yeah, I only mentioned that, man, because sure. it show the validity of the, the kind of caliber of people we're bringing on board. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, sure. it just that's huge. It's an important thing because... Look at man, we're doing a documentary, and once once we actually get the funding to finish this documentary, I think a lot of what you're going to be doing is just as important a job as what we're going to be doing, right. trying to put this Thank together you. and make sure to tell a story. Yeah. I mean, the photography of catching some of these individuals as they tell their story, it's heartbreaking. But at the same time, like I think that in itself can tell such a, such a story that the rest of the world who hasn't been in that position, and a lot of us who have been in the position, it, it's kind of... I guess um, it's relatable and it's nice to see the hurt sometimes to say, oh man, we're not alone in this hurt, right? Like, and what we were just talking about over lunch is like, this is their story, but there's a lot of us that have our story. And I think once we have the ability to tell one story, it's like, for me, it's like, let's do it again, yeah. you know, and let's yeah. tell someone else's story. And let's, 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 you know, and like you mentioned before, how therapeutic this process has been for the guys. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I've gotten emails and phone, even for the Dunhams, you know, they, they, they're, they're so behind what we're doing. And they, you know, they, they finally listened to Jocko's podcast and they, they talked about how hard it was, but. And before, what podcast number was that again? 203, episode 203. So if you guys are listening, go check out Paco's podcast. Yeah. One man can make a difference. One man can make a difference. It's two. 203, episode 203. 203. So they finally listened to it and we had a phone conversation a week ago and, you know, they didn't know all the details. That that was the first time they really heard that. And as hard as it was for them, they also realized, you know, what these guys have gone through and they're very sympathetic and they understand that, you know, it's not just them who lost someone. Yeah. And that's like the truth, right? That's the, Oh yeah. The most honest side behind it is like, you never understand how much everyone's affected, you know, the the families, it hurts for sure. But like, we are also kind of family as well. And we lost them as well. And we all go through our, our, I guess our trials and tribulations of dealing with that, you know? And so I guess for them, it's almost probably, probably, almost therapeutic to know like, Oh, we have a group of people. We're exactly. here together. It's, it's yeah. their, you know, I guess and it's kind of always been like that right. with them. You right. Know, they, they, they gain, they say they, we've gained sons, you know, because yeah. of this, we might've lost a son, but we gained a lot of sons. You know, there's something important about like the debriefing side of that. And, and de- part of that debriefing is, is just talking. Right? right. Right. You know, that's where like, you know, sometimes coming together and just drinking becomes where you're breaking down some of those walls to be able to open up. Right. And that's where like the drinking of, uh, in the culture kind of is a good thing for us yeah. to, you know, back in the day they would be on a ship and drinking all the oh, way yeah. home and they're debriefing, you know right. what I mean? We, two day flight, yeah. I'm back home yeah. <laughs> and I don't have that moment because now I'm hugging my wife and kissing my kids yeah. and there's no moment for that. And so there is a space I think that's pretty important for that debriefing moment. And I think something as traumatic as this and so hard you know, I mean, you guys have to watch the trailer to understand when I say this, like it tells the story in the trailer yeah. that fucking is heart wrenching and you feel bad. But I also, me as a person like, God, I know what they're talking about. I know right. how they feel. Right. And like, so seeing them now come together even more and expressing is so healthy years later. And you've seen that. I mean, we just talked about a message recently and I, whether you say it yeah, or not. Well, you know, no, I will. You know, this, this one, you know, Kilo Marine, he, 
he would, for years, his kid, kids would ask him to go to Veterans Day uh, thing at their school, and he always put it off. Yeah. And he sent me a text on Veterans Day, and he, it was a picture of him and his kids at school, and he had his Marine Corps, you know, Desert Cami hat on, and, and he said, hey, man, I just wanted to thank you because, and I've known this guy for a long time. He said, I just wanted to thank you because for the first time, I actually went to my kid's school. You know, they've been asking me for years. And I did it because of the, the sizzle that I watched, the yeah. trailer. And I, it made me realize that what Jason gave me. And it's these two beautiful kids that call me dad. That's, and yeah. I, I got choked up when I read that. Yeah. I was like, that's why we're doing this. Well, that's exactly, I mean, you watch the trailer. That's, you know, the other gentleman with the beard expresses that. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Bill and, Hampton. And yeah. that's what, like, it's hard to, it's hard to convey that sometimes to guys that, that lose. It's like, hey, but you don't get it. Like, you have the life. Like, right. What are you doing with it? It's really the most important thing. Are exactly. you, you going to allow it to to wither away through alcohol and pain meds or whatever the case, however you're right. self-medicating, or are you going to try and find some success or at least appreciate the life that you still have? Right. You know, and so like the sentiment in the, in the, in the trailer really tells that. And like, yeah, man, that guy's saying it, it's, it's hard. Cause he's like, I kind of, I kind of like he, the, there's almost a little bit of pressure there. Oh yeah. Because yeah. like, man, I kind of have to do something with myself now. And I love what he says at the end of that. You know, it's like, take what you're given, make it count and don't stop. He's telling you, you know, yeah. keep, keep going, man. Keep yeah. fucking going. Yeah. It's, it's exactly what it is. And it's, and so in my, in my work when dealing with veterans for so many years now, and, and it's like the biggest thing I try to tell them is like, we can feel sorry for ourselves. And, it, you know, I went for years feeling sorry for myself right. and, and like feeling that. And I think it, it's like, there's a, you know, it's, you know, mourning death is, is, is a tough one, but like also mourning the death of a career as well is, is a very similar path, yeah. you know, and finding your identity through all that and accepting and, and all this guilt that sometimes is on it, it takes time, you know, and oh, there's absolutely. guys that got out of the military like last year. I'm telling them like, you know, they're like, Oh, I feel good right now. I'm like, okay, man, you know, it'll take time. There's mm -hmm. going to be the downfall, right? There's going to be the excitement and then it goes off really fast. And when that comes off, how are you going to handle it then? And, and I'm now what, since 2007 was my, my last deployment, right? 2019. I feel like I'm starting to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean? like, Sitting close to 15 years. Later. Yeah. Close yeah. 15 years. Yeah. You're now starting to like, okay, I think I got a grab a grip of it. And that's what I try and tell guys. Like, I mean, it takes time. It takes time for the body to process it, for emotionally to accept it, for, yep. for you to be mature enough to be like, okay, I can do something with this. Like a lot of different things that has to happen. And so, you know, now, 15 years later, these guys, it's 16 years later for them, well, right? It'll be 16. Yeah, we're yeah. going into the 16th year coming up here. And, and these guys, you know, now are, are being able to see, I think they're in a better place to accept it as well. Yeah. And that's why it's almost even more powerful. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like the perfect timing, right? It's been, there's been, and even, even you know, uh, Master Gunnery Sergeant Adam Walker, who was a staff sergeant at the time, told me, he said, you know, it, I'm glad you're doing it now yeah. because we've had the time yeah. to try and process all that. Yeah. You know, dude, that's the thing. You have something to say? Go, please. Yeah. So exactly. It's about the time, the, the perfect timing, because how many of us, when we ETS from service, you, you, so much of your identity is tied up into your job, what you did, where you served, what your deployments were. And, and that carries you for a while. Yeah. And that's great. And that's part of it. But now, 15 years later, we're able to look at these guys. We went to Bill's house, Bill Hampton's house, and we met his wife, we met his kids, and we, we see the life that he's living now. Yeah. And that's the great thing about this story is that the story doesn't end with Jason's sacrifice. No. 
and it, you know, they don't, we don't, we're not wrapping this up with a nice little bow and, and finishing the story. Like the story's still going on and yeah. you're able to see the impact of what his sacrifice has meant right. to his. So when you look at these guys that have these children now and these wives and they're living these, these lives, they know you can see it now. There's a correlation yeah. and that's really, really powerful. Well, it's something we've talked about in, in, in the planning of when we get to start filming the full documentary, you know, right. and where do we end this? Right. Yeah. That's the biggest thing for us. Like, man, there's, there's so much information here. There's so much heaviness, but as, as also what's our light at the end of the tunnel. Right. You know? And really it's just their lives that they've living now. You right. know what I mean? That in, in one, in the memory of them, but in the tribute to him as well. And it's this interesting thing. And some guys are still struggling on that path. Yeah. You know? And how can we help them on that path? Yeah. You know, and I mean, and I think we're going to find, I mean, we're finding things as we go, right? I mean, you you don't, I kind of have an idea how we're going to end it. Yeah. But every time I sit down with these guys, I, I there's like, wow, this is, we got to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Because all these things come out. Yeah. You know, one guy who who's angry at God and he hasn't gone to church and since, yeah. since it happened. And he said, you know, I, I, I've kind of, you know, come to terms with God, but I still haven't been able to go back to church. So in my mind is, well, I'm, I'm taking this guy to church. Yeah, let's get him to church. We're going to church. Yeah, let's you know get him to church. So yeah, it's always, and it's always changing, right? When you're learning, and that's the beauty of documentaries. You're always you know, it's learning. funny is, um, and you know, I don't talk religion very often. I had one podcast where I kind of talked about it, like, right. everyone knows I'm, I'm a Christian man, whatever right. the case, but when I was in Iraq, you know, we had a, we had about three, four missions in a row that were pretty sketch, right? Like, like we had contact and it was right. like, we we're actually to the point where we're like, all right, can we have a a day without a contact and, and yeah, just yeah. like a, an easy day, whatnot. And, um, as that's going on, man, um, you know, I did my little prayer. I'm in my fucking striker and we're driving. I'm like, all right, Lord, I'll go to church wearing a suit. Get me out of this get one. Cause I have a daughter who's about to be born, you right. know? Um, and, and I just said that, you know, in my head, I said like, yeah, I've still never done that. And my mom is pissed. She's like, son, <laughs> You better wear a suit. You got to do it. You got to do it. And, you know, it's this funny thing where, you well, know, my struggle with faith in, in itself is, is, is part of half the fight. You know what I mean? But I've still never done that, you know? Well, and you I, might be the guy taking this Marine to church. <laughs> oh, that's a great, that'd you know be I mean? great. That's a moment right there, bro. Oh, that's beautiful. Seriously. I'd be down. Yeah. I'd be down, dude. Yeah. It's one of those, you know, it's one of those things where you, 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 you know, one of those internal things you struggle with, right? Yeah. It's a fight. Yeah. So tell me about the gift, man. Tell me about... The Indiegogo, what the plan is as well. Yeah, so basically, you know, we we went out and shot all these interviews with the intention of creating our sizzle slash trailer. And, you know, we spent a lot of money on it, our own money. And uh, the, the idea was to get this sizzle ready so we could start pitching. And yeah. that's an ongoing process, as you know. You know, in Hollywood, everything's different. And it's not easy, you know, and it's, yeah. and for me, I, I this is, this project is so personal and I feel such a responsibility to the Dunhams and to the, the Marines of Kilo that I, I don't, I, I'm very leery. If I sit down with a producer in yeah. Hollywood and they're, you know, saying what they want to do. And I'm yeah. just kind of like, you know what? I don't know if you're the right guy. Yeah, man. Because you got to wait for that. And it's, it's well, important that whoever says, here's the money. It's important for me to know why they want to do it. I don't want it to be yeah. something other than, Hey, I get it. I get what you're doing. Well, we man. live in the space of Hollywood and understand right. that someone could even take this and, completely bastardized. Con yeah. yeah. Can convey a message that we didn't want. Yeah. You know, like so many different things can happen. So keeping control of our own right. baby and yeah. making sure it's told. And, and I'm not willing to sacrifice. Right. You know, cause I, there's just too much, you know, I feel too much responsibility. It's just, it's, it's interesting, man. This whole story I think is interesting. Cause like 
the way you first met him. Right. And kept the dialogue with him communicating at some point, you know, and, right. and then just seeing what happens. And now you're fully invested. I mean, one oh, yeah. flight has completely steered yeah. know, the path of your life. Yeah. I mean, you know, in the friendships I've, I mean, it was, a you know, five hours I spent with the guy, four hours. But what I got from that were all these friendships I have now, you know, all these kids. I mean, I love these guys. Yeah. You know, they're like, you know, my little brothers and, you know, his parents are the most gracious people I've ever met. So, you know, it, it, it I don't know. It weighs heavy. Yeah. It weighs heavy on me that, look, we can't fuck this up. Yeah. You know, we're doing it for these people. You know, it's not for us. Yeah. It's for them. It's our, this is our chance to give something back and help. Right. I agree. And doesn't that speak, doesn't that speak to, you know, we say often when, when we're talking with friends and whatnot, like, you know, you matter, you know, it's important, you know, you make a difference in someone's life. Yeah. And, and that's what this story is about. Right. Like the impact that ripples across to so many other people, uh, is, is, is something that we can all take a lesson from. Right. You know, you're important. You're important when you get out of the service or if you had a rough time in your life or something's going on, everybody matters. Everybody can play a really tremendous role in other people's lives. And that's, that's also a responsibility. Right. So you need to think about that. Yeah. And, uh, this is a great reminder to that. And I think that, you know, just one other thing is, uh, the way in which David has started to push this project forward. I'm really impressed and I think a lot of other people are because it's a very organic, you're very natural. You're very, you know, real in the way in which you present the project, you present yourself. So I think that the Dunhams obviously trust you. They respect yeah. you. And this is, you're going to, you're going to shepherd this into a good place. Uh, and it's, it's great to watch you navigate these waters uh, yeah. to, to just see, to make this come to fruition without any sort of a sacrifice to, you know, the story, to the characters, to these people. Yeah. Like it's, it's awesome to see you do that. Yeah. I think, you know, there, there hasn't been too many documentaries about our wars. There's been a few. Restrepo yeah. was a good one. You know, there's a few things out there. Uh, was it the, the there's a, something about the nest? I think it was. There's a couple mm-hmm. pretty heavy ones, and you know, I think this goes in line with like these stories need to be told. Oh yeah. You know? I, I come from the culture of the the Ranger Battalion, and we don't tell our story. Right. And I think not telling our story will hurt our future. Right. right. We're, we're not hurt, we're, we're we're hurting the legacy of who we are and what we represent, and also not telling the stories of our fallen. Right. It's 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 wrong, and there's a right way of doing it. Right. right. And I said like, you know, we give shit a lot to Navy SEALs. Right. We give yeah. them all kinds of shit because they tell their stories, they write their books, whatever the case. But at the same time, like my son tells me about Navy SEALs, he doesn't tell me about Army Rangers. Right. Because the world talks about Navy SEALs, you know? And so we have to be able to change that conversation as well and say it's acceptable to tell the story in the right way, yeah. you know, to memorialize, to honor your fallen. Well, because it's important to you guys, 100%. right? Rangers, it's like we lost so-and-so, but right. we're not talking about it. But, yeah, because but it's still important. Because we're quite professionals. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Bro, I, I think there's there's a balance to actually being still respectful to OPSEC and, and security, but right. at the same time is, you know, memorializing your, your fallen yeah. out of respect. yeah. Out of Definitely. respect. Definitely. Yeah. So, you know, we got the sizzle. We started pitching. We're still pitching. You know, some people are interested, but you know, at one point I said, Hey, we got to, let's do an Indiegogo and see what happens. Yeah. You know, at least we'll raise something right. that'll get us to the next, you know, leg of the tour. Right. We're what we've raised so far. It's, you know, it's only close to 18,000, but Hey, it's $18,000 we didn't have. Right. And that's going to bring us to New York to right. spend some time with the Dunhams and interview them Yeah, and, and do what we need to do there. You know, and if we need to try another campaign, then we'll need to try another campaign. You know, somebody jumps in and decides to, you know, donate a large sum of money or fund it, fund the whole thing. Yeah. Great. So if what do not, you, we'll still, we'll just keep pushing forward. So we're asking for 300K and that's going to help us 
finalize the whole documentary and get it. Yeah. Done. And, and that's a, that's a lot of money, you know, and, and uh, people who don't work in our industry think, right. you know, that's extremely uh, a large yeah. number of uh, dollars to, to do a documentary, but you know, that's the, in our industry, that's, that's the low end, low, yeah, that's that's a low end <laughs> cost to do a doc because these guys who right now have been working for free, you right. know, I got a DP who's been working for free. I got audio guys and yeah. you know, Darren's been working for free. Everybody's been working for free at some point. It's like, Hey, you, you need to pay these people because right. they have bills, they have families. Right. So that's what we got to do. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a big ask, but you know, we're here on the podcast one and you guys listening, if you guys are interested in donating to the Indiegogo campaign, please go find it. You can find the Instagram page. It's the gift. Yeah, it's at the gift documentary yep. and the same thing on Facebook. And Facebook, the gift and on Facebook, for some reason, it pops up Kilo. Well, Kilo, yeah, they wouldn't let me change the right, name. Right, so it's for Kilo 42 on so Facebook. So Kilo 42, I named it after we, his we, call sign. But you could also find yeah. the gift documentary yep. as well. Um, you guys check that out, donate what you can. Listen, get this sizzle into someone's hands that, that you think could help us out. Like, that's our goal is to get this movie made, to tell the story. Once we're able to do it once, I think we can continue to to replicate this and hopefully continue to tell soldier stories throughout for, for the rest of our careers. That's yeah, a beautiful thing. Absolutely. I think it's deserved. I think uh, this story is, is man, a very, very different one that needs to be told. And, and, you know, we've heard some of the stories. It's funny. Some of the stories of Medal of Honor recipients, we've heard their stories and you don't hear a lot talking about Jason Dunham, you know? Right. So I think uh, we, we owe him that testament to, to actually get that story out there. Right. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for joining on the podcast, Hey, thanks man. for having us on, man. Yeah, for sure, man. Let's get it out there. You guys, share the podcast. Let people know about it. This is a good one. Later. I took the blow.